Hi, Bill Federer here. In this episode of How We Got Here, we're going to look at Constitution Day. So the most common form of government in world history is kings. Nimrod, Pharaoh, Caesar, Kaiser, Sultan, Tsar, it's top down. They rule through fear. You do what the king says or he kills you. And with military advancements, kings can kill more people. So instead of Cain killing Abel with a rock, they can kill with bronze weapon, iron weapon, phalanx spear, scimitar sword, gunpowder. The weapon improves, but it's that same fallen nature of Cain killing Abel. And with technological advancements, kings can track more people. Augustus Caesar, 2 BC, wanted to have a worldwide tracking system. It was called a census. If he could have had 5G and cell phones and cameras and face recognition software, he would have used that. And so we see that Kings rule top-down through fear, and then as the centuries go on, they get bigger, and then the King of England had the biggest empire on planet Earth. The sun never set on the British Empire. 13 million square miles, half a, half a billion people, India, Australia, New Zealand, Hong Kong, British Guyana, Canada, Barbados, Bermuda, Jamaica. The King of England was a globalist. He was a one-world government guy with him at the top. America's founders didn't like that. They broke away and flipped it and made the people the king. The word citizen is Greek. It means co-king, right? So kings in Europe have subjects who are subjected to their will. Democracies and republics have citizens. Now, a democracy, demos means people, crossing means rule. In a democracy, every citizen had to be at every meeting every day to talk about every issue. Very time-consuming, and logistically, it could not get larger than a city because you physically had to be there. A republic could get larger. A republic is where you take care of your family and your farm and you have someone in your place that goes to the market every day. They are your representative. Easy way to remember the REP and republic is the same as the REP and representative. So a republican form of government is representative form of government. You're the king, you're just ruling through representatives and republics could get larger. So America's founders, broke away from the king of England, flipped it, made the people the king. Where did they get this idea? From the New England pastors. Where did they get their idea? From the Reformation, from the Bible, what part of the Bible, that first 400 years out of Egypt before King Saul. It's called the Hebrew Republic. And uh, it was 400 years with no king. And it worked because every citizen was taught the law. And they were personally accountable to God to follow the law. And it worked until the priest stopped teaching the law. And you have Eli, the high priest, his own sons are sleeping with women in the tent of meeting. And the um, another Levite with a silver graven image, yet the commandment says, thou shall not have graven images. And another Levite with a concubine, the law says, the Levite's to marry a virgin of his own tribe. The Levite stopped teaching the law. Every man did what was right in their own eyes, turns into chaos. And they all go to Samuel the prophet and they say, this self-government system's no longer working. We want to be like all the other countries. We want a king. Samuel cries and the Lord says, they did not reject you. They rejected me. God's original plan for ancient Israel was to not have a king, have everybody be taught the law, everybody be accountable to God, maximum individual liberty. This is what these Calvinist reformers, these New England pastors look to as the model and they took this church government of a covenant and they made it their community government of a covenant. And you had pastors in their churches founding cities. Uh, Pastor John Wheelwright in his church founded Exeter, New Hampshire. And Pastor Thomas Hooker in his church founded 
Hartford, Connecticut, and the pastor Roger Williams and his church founded Providence, Rhode Island. And so we begin to see that this theological church structure influenced these pastors, influenced these communities, and it turned into our constitution. One of the interesting plaques that is in New England is one uh, regarding Thomas Hooker, and it says, Thomas Hooker's congregation established the form of government upon which the present constitution of the United States is modeled. Everybody's involved in church. Everybody's involved in the community. Everybody's involved in the country. And so they had one building called the Meeting House. That's where the pastor would teach the Bible. That's where they would do their city business. The word synagogue means meeting house. That's where the rabbi would teach the law. That's where they would gather together and do their city business. When the revolution starts, the British send over a military governor, Thomas Gage, and he outlaws meeting houses. He says democracy is too prevalent in America. He says you just follow government mandates. And so we see America is a switch from a top-down government, from a king who rules through fear, to a bottom-up form of government where it's we the people. But it's people in covenant with each other. It's like a triangle. You get blessings from God. You voluntarily share them with your neighbor because you're doing it as unto God. You get rights from God and you're fair to your neighbor because you're accountable to God who is not a respecter of persons. And so this was the model that America was based on. And so the word federal is Latin for covenant. It's where we, the people, can rule ourselves without a king. Now, all we have is fallen selfish humans. And James Madison said, there's no angels on earth to govern us. There are no people who are immune to being tempted. What if you were the, the king? That'd be pretty nice. But then let's say you have a sister and you really love her. She gets married, has a child. And now the child's a teenager and he's hanging around the wrong friends, drinking, partying. And he hits someone with the car and kills him. And now this teenager's facing manslaughter charges. And your sister comes begging to you and says, you're not going to let little Johnny get locked away in a prison, are you? What are you going to say to your sister? Well, I'll let little Johnny off the hook, but don't let it happen again. The moment you say that, you're the corrupt dictator. So um, it just happens. Power corrupts and absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. So James Madison said, there's no angels on earth, the governors. All we have is sinful human people. And so the answer was you break the power of ruling of a king into three branches, and they selfishly will tug a war against each other. And so you, uh, a way of explaining this is I'm one of 11 children. I have five brothers and five sisters. And way back when I was a child, my mom had made a pan of brownies. And the other kids ate them all up. There's one left in the pan. And my little brother and I come in from playing and we're about to fight over it. And my mom says, one of you cuts it and the other gets to pick the first piece. Now, the one cutting it doesn't know which piece they're going to get yet. So they want to cut it exactly what? Equal. Uh, I sort of joked that it works unless you did it with my little brother because he spit on him and got both pieces. And of course, I punched him. But if you can imagine a big brownie, three hungry boys, you give the first one a responsibility. He is to trace out on the brownie where it's going to be cut. He doesn't know which piece he's going to get yet. So he's going to try to trace those three pieces exactly equal. Second one's job is to take the knife and actually execute it and cut it. He doesn't know which piece he's going to get yet. 
So he's going to cut them exactly equal. And the third one's job is to judge and see who gets which piece. So you have the legislative branch laying out the laws, the executive branch signing it into law, and the judicial branch judging the law. It's a stroke of genius. Greedy, hungry tummies causing them to be honest. It would be like a pastor giving a Sunday school assignment. Design a system of government where sinners keep other sinners from sinning. That's what our Constitution is. Selfish, greedy people keeping other selfish, greedy people from becoming selfish and greedy. And it works because each branch selfishly wants to build itself. And so the executive branch will always be trying to take power away from the legislative and judicial. The judicial branch will, will always be trying to take power from the executive and the legislative. And the legislative will always try to take power from the executive and the judicial. So greed checks greed, ambition checks ambition. It worked. In the same period of time, America's had one form of government with our constitution. France has gone through dozens of different republics and Mexico's gone through like 50 different forms of government in the same period of time we've had only one. So it, it's worked. And um, now one of the things I bring out about the constitution is it is like a genetically engineered seed. And it took thousands of years of brilliant people to come up with this form of government where you pit selfishness against each other. But what do you do with seeds? You plant them in soil. Question, does the type of soil you plant the seed in have any relation to the type of harvest you're going to get? Well, yes. If you take the best genetically engineered seed and you plant it in a sandy beach or in a gravel parking lot or in a nice fertile soil, will there be a difference in the harvest? Well, yes. And so you take this constitution you plant it in a Islamic country, like when Saddam Hussein was overthrown and we sent representatives over to Iraq and we helped them set up a constitution. In one election cycle, they vote in Sharia law, where it's the death penalty to leave Islam and you can beat your wife. And, and we scratch our heads thinking, how come their response, their harvest was different than ours in America? Well, you planted the seed in an Islamic soil and Islam does not have the concept of equality. Women are not equal to men. Infidels are not equal to believing Muslims. And then we have the Berlin Wall fall down. And we have people from America going over to these former Soviet states and helping them to set up constitutions. And in one generation, they get taken over by the black market, the mafia, the organized crime. And we're scratching our heads thinking, why did this constitution that was nearly identical to ours produce a different harvest? Well, you planted it in a country where the soil had 70 years of atheism plowed into it. And atheism says, this life is all there is, do whatever you can to get ahead. When our founders took this constitution, it was planted in a country that was 98% Christian. The time of the founding, uh, you had, uh, every colony was founded by a different denomination. Virginia was Anglican, Massachusetts was Puritan, Rhode Island was Baptist. Maryland was Catholic, Pennsylvania was Quaker, Connecticut, New Hampshire were Congregationalists, New York was Dutch Reformed, Delaware and New Jersey were originally Swedish Lutheran. Of course, they didn't get along, but then they had to work together against the King of England. After the revolution, their attitude was, we may not always agree, but you were willing to fight for my freedom. I need to let you practice your faith. And so at the time of the founding, 98% of the country was Protestant, 1% Catholic. Catholics were only allowed in two, maybe three states Pennsylvania, uh, Maryland, and a little bit New York. And there were only 
tenth of a percent Jews in America at the time of the founding. Only seven synagogues in the entire country. Three, so there's three million people, thirty thousand Catholics, and three thousand Jews. So it's a predominantly Protestant country, but all of them were Judeo-Christian, with this concept that there is a God that we are made in His image. He is not a respecter of persons in judgment. We're all equal. And so in America, we planted this genetically engineered seed in a soil that was Judeo-Christian. And it produced the most abundant harvest of freedom and individual opportunity that the world has ever seen. So the Constitution is a way to take the power of a king and separate it. It's like taking the Tower of Babel and scattering it. The Constitution, in a sense, is just a way to prevent a president from ruling through mandates and executive orders. Let me say that again. The Constitution is a way to prevent a president from ruling through mandates and executive orders. And so the they wanted to keep there from being one man who gives an order and a mandate and everybody in the country has to obey. They took the power of one man ruling. They broke it into three branches. Legislative branch, uh, where you set out the laws. Executive branch, signing it and enacting it into law. And the judicial branch, judging the law. It's a stroke of genius. And so um, one of the uh, quotes that I love is um, where uh, signer of the Constitution, Governor Moore, said, the magistrate is not the king, the people are the king. Another quote from Chief Justice John Jay, the people are the sovereign of this country. Another quote from signer of the Constitution, James Wilson, sovereignty resides in the people. They have not parted with it. Abraham Lincoln said, the people of these United States are the rightful masters of Congresses and courts. Grover Cleveland said, the sovereignty of 60 millions of free people is the working out of the divine right of man to govern himself, a manifestation of God's plan concerning the human race. And so James Wilson, again, a signer of the Constitution, said every citizen forms a part of the sovereign power. He possesses a vote. So Romans 13, it says every person must be subject to the governing authority. Well, in Europe, the governing authority was the king. But in America, who's the ultimate governing authority? It's we, the people. We're the king. The politicians are our servants. You hire them, you fire them, you vote them in, you vote them out. So when we pledge allegiance to the flag and to the republic for which it stands, we're basically pledging allegiance to us being in charge of ourselves. And so when somebody protests the flag, what they're saying is, I don't want to be the king anymore. I protest the system where I participate in ruling myself. And so this is unique in world history. Ronald Reagan said, in this country of ours took place the greatest revolution that has ever taken place in the world's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another. Here, for the first time in all the thousands of years of man's relation to man, the founding fathers established the idea that you and I had within ourselves, the God-given right and ability to determine our own destiny. And the last quote is from Chief Justice John Jay, first one. He said, all other constitutions have derived their existence from violence or accidental circumstances. In, in America, your lives, your liberty, and your property will be at the disposal only of your creator and yourselves. Your life 
your liberty, your property. You decide what you want to do with your life. You are a king of your life with a little K. And all of us are king citizens of the country with a little K. And you have the voluntary opportunity of surrendering your life to Jesus, the king of kings. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this short study on the Constitution in this episode of How We Got Here. God bless.